Of course, uh, we haven't started selling prayer cloths yet. But let's get real for a minute. Um, There are countless changes that change everything, and COVID-19 is really just a symptom, another symptom of a world that's broken. There are plenty of other everyday examples of changes that change everything that have become normative uh, for us because they're ancient, but uh, even some of the good ones, they're, they're no less exhausting uh, to us. And most of the time, they're even more significant when it comes to the way that those changes change our life, lives, whether it's marriage or having children or being separated or divorced or getting a new job or then being laid off by that job or retirement health concerns, disability, addiction, death, moving somewhere new, having a falling out in a relationship, or being betrayed. I mean, the list continues. And the more you check off in life, the more exhausting those changes can become. And I don't know if you've experienced this lately, but I've talked with plenty of people who have. Maybe you just haven't been physically exhausted, but somehow you've just been tired. You've hit a wall, and it's because you're mentally tired. And, and just so you know, sometimes the most spiritual thing that we can do in our lives is take a nap. Uh, there's a mental exhaustion that comes along with trying to just get past or just get by what's happening in our lives right now. But there's also a different way to think about these types of changes that move us from exhaustion to building up our faith. For example, new normals require new thinking based on foundational truth. The only unique thing about this temporary new normal that we're in right now is that everybody's experiencing it at the same time. But the solution for all of those changes that change everything that we face is the same. And that's, that's actually the whole theme of the letter to the, to the Colossians. Like I mentioned before, the letter of Colossians was written by Paul, the most prolific author of the New Testament. And it's written while he's in prison. And it's written to encourage Christians in this little town of Colossae, which is in modern day Turkey. Uh, how, and he's encouraging them to remain anchored in their faith in Jesus. They had plenty of influences pulling them in different directions, not least of which were the things that they had done in their past before they encountered Jesus. And in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, Paul reminds them of the foundational truth from which every other part of their lives is meant to flow from. Colossians 3, 1 through 4 says this, Since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. In other words, for the disciple of Jesus, the conception of what normal even means is challenged. Uh, The new life that we enter into as believers and followers of Jesus provides the change through which all of our life is filtered. Normal then becomes relative based on what we believe and what we hold on to and what we're focused on. For example, normal Christian thinking actually looks something like this. Hearts and minds that are set on what is eternally true versus what is only temporarily true. This is just how it is or just how I am or even I just wish things would go back to the way that they were. Those are not normal trains of thought for followers of Jesus. Uh, Who God has called me to be what God has called me to do, how God has called me to think and act, those are normal 
thoughts for followers of Jesus. And they're more often than not counter to the normal thoughts and reactions of our past and the culture around us. And if we don't have this normal way of thinking perfected yet, don't worry, like you're in good company. There's no perfect people allowed here. Uh, What this does though, is it sets the mark that we're striving for so that we can recognize the image of God that's being reflected on our lives that leads to new life. That's why Paul gets really personal as he continues in Colossians chapter three. Uh, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. That which was formerly thought to have separated us no longer has any power for us as Christians. Last week, I mentioned that through the resurrection, Jesus changed the conception of what it means to be human. And this new renewed knowledge is what we're called to have our minds set on. Being created in the image of God means that we look forward to who we will become when we are with him in in paradise. But it also means that we're called to live now as we are looking as who we're looking forward to be with God then. It's a lot like making the decision to put on your pants even when you don't really need to in the morning or making your bed or taking your shower. I, I, hope, I hope we're all at least occasionally taking showers even if we're not having to go out and meet anybody. And it's probably a good idea to go ahead and put on pants for your Zoom meeting. Uh, I've seen some uh, pretty sketchy things happen as a result of that. And I've already seen some uh, Police announcements and some municipalities reminding people to wear their pants while they check their mail. So that, that's kind of important too. Uh, some of the natural habits that we fall into now might not be all that great when we have to break them then. While crisis often reveals character, there's also an opportunity to improve our character during these types of changes as well. With a different pace of life right now, you've probably noticed some things about yourself, your own life and how you think, or maybe something about your family members, maybe their idiosyncrasies, or maybe just downright annoyances that you've noticed. Um, and, and with the added tiredness of dealing with this change, maybe you've, you've even noticed yourself wanting to return to some old bad habits or temptations or addictions just to get a sense of normalcy. I used to think it was really cute that Renee, every time she uses the microwave, she does not let the final few seconds count all the way down so the microwave doesn't beep. And, and I thought, you know, oh, okay, that's, that's just this neat thing that, that she does and how cute is that. But I don't think it's so cute anymore because now I have to deal with it a lot more often. So every time I go to the microwave, there's like seven seconds left there for no reason. And so now I've kind of taken to, especially if Renee's in the room looking over at her, just hitting start, letting the time run out and the beep go off. And uh, I, get, I get a laugh from her almost, almost every time. But maybe there's some more serious things in your life that you're facing as a result of the circumstance that you're in because of all of this. And as you navigate that, be reminded and encouraged by Paul's description of what 
ought to drive our new normal life in Christ. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so our normal as followers of Jesus isn't driven by politics, it's not driven by news, it's not driven by social media, it's not driven by anger or fear or worry or frustration, but it's supposed to be driven by the peace of Christ ruling in our lives. As we make the walk and talk of Jesus normal for our lives, being clothed with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And and while you put these things into practice, it, it may not erase the change that you're experiencing right now, but that was never the goal to begin with. The goal is to be more like Jesus and to keep our minds set on things above so that we have the proper perspective on the things that are going on down here below. We do that through letting the teachings of Jesus be alive and active among us, celebrating who God is with gratitude, and approaching what we say and do in the same way that we know Jesus would react and take action. While there are certainly things that I'm missing right now, uh, there are some things about this new normal that I don't want to change. My schedule, although it's been full, uh, has been a lot less cluttered, and that's been a healthy thing for me. I've seen people who've been willing to step up and step out and help strangers in their community simply because we're all in this together, recognizing collectively what's always been true, that we live in a broken world and being intentional about our thinking and our response leads to sharing and showing good news. There's so many things that have been neglected and taken for granted that have given us, uh, through all of this, more opportunity to exercise who and what and how we've been called to be. And we draw closer to who God has created us to be when we move forward with our minds fixed on who Jesus is. As Paul describes the difference between the old life the Colossians had left behind and been saved from and the new life that they now enjoy because of Jesus, uh, there's the story in the Old Testament that I can't help but think of, especially because it has its uh, own version of social distancing involved. And it's about the wife of Lot. Lot was this cousin to uh, a patriarch of the Jewish faith uh, named Abraham. And Lot had made this decision to live in this really nice fertile area that had these large cities and his family lived there. Uh, but over time, it became apparent that things had become so depraved among the people that were gathered there in that area that they had lost sight of what it meant to be human. And you can read more about that in Genesis chapter 19, but make sure you supplement that with Ezekiel chapter 16 as well. But Lot... Uh, along the way is warned to leave and he flees the city with his wife and daughters. And in Genesis chapter 19, verse 23, we find this strange scene. By the time Lot reached Zoar, a different city, the sun had risen over the land. 
Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. So these two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, the surrounding area, they're being destroyed for their sin. And I know that that's some intense imagery, but recognize that that's a picture of why Jesus came. Because of our sin, our brokenness, it destroys our lives. It harms us. And yet, and yet knowing this, and knowing this is why this former home was being destroyed, Lot's wife turns her head and looks back longingly for the past life that she's been called to leave behind. All because her thinking was directed by that former old way of living. And here's the lesson that we learn from that one turn of the head. And that's this. Don't get so caught up on looking back that you miss out on the freedom of moving forward with the life that we now have in Jesus. Free from the shame of sin and of guilt. A new normals bring about new ways to grow new ways to serve, new ways to share the perspective we have with minds set on things above and not on things below. And this is living with the knowledge that the best is yet to come and that we can live with that perspective right now. And yes, these are abnormal times, but the normal response of the follower of Jesus is the peace of Jesus. The completeness and wholeness and renewed vision of how the hope of life then changes our life now is put into practice by keeping our minds set on who Jesus has redeemed us to be. Next week, we're going to get real practical into what that looks like as we live out our faith in our personal lives. But especially right now, um, and, but also when life is back to normal, all of us could use more compassion, more kindness, more humility, more gentleness, and more patience, forgiveness, and being unified in love. And it should be normal for followers of Jesus to lead the way in that way of living. If, if you aren't there yet, it's okay. We're not perfect, but it is what we're striving for. It is what we're working for. And this is the result of us keeping our minds and our hearts fixed on Jesus. We're encouraging each other to do just that in our small groups and how we're serving in our community and how we set the tone for our everyday lives. And if you have any questions about how to do that or ready to take a next step in your faith uh, or just need some prayer in this moment in your life for some help, we'd love to, we'd love to talk to you about what that looks like uh, at velocitychurch.info slash connect after the service. In the meantime, like we do every week at Velocity, we're going to take some time right now and spend some time in communion. Even though we're separate, we're going to do this together as we worship the Savior who has made this new life possible. Because he took on the consequences of our old life, our sin that keeps us from experiencing the life we were created to experience, and allows us to live a new life, a renewed perspective, a new normal that brings about the change that God has always wanted for us from the beginning. Let me pray for us as we celebrate in a time of communion right now. God, we thank you for your salvation. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. And we thank you for how that's represented in you sending your son Jesus for us. And God, we ask that as we move through the things that are happening in our life, whether it's right now or sometime in the future, the changes that change everything that we have to navigate, we 
We ask that you guide us with your Holy Spirit, uh, that we're reminded of how we've been redeemed and re- reconciled, and that, uh, that that's not even necessarily just you know, in, in what we do, but it's how we think about what we do and who you've called us to be. God, we praise you for this. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.